Second Amendment was written, and you did the analysis of it, we were talking about the likelihood that a person could purchase a muzzle-loading musket. We are now talking about virtual military weapons that can kill hundreds of innocent people. It is a much different circumstance. What are the chances that Dick Durbin knows what end of the rifle the bullet comes out of? Right around zero, probably. And by the way, wasn't it just last week that the media reminded us that Mike Pence was mansplaining to Kamala Harris? And yet here's a politician who's been in office since the 1970s, very few accomplishments, acting like Amy Coney Barrett, who's a gun owner, by the way, doesn't know anything about firearms. Was that mansplaining? Why don't we just retire that phrase forever? I would agree. How about we retire that phrase forever? The idea that every time a guy explains anything and a woman's involved, it's mansplaining. Of course, only if it's somebody on the right, as you just heard somebody on the left. Nobody was making a big deal out of that. It was endless last week, a week ago today. Endless last week with the mansplaining. This signifies you as an idiot if you use that term, all right? If you use the term mansplaining, what I hear is I'm an idiot. Don't say it anymore. You got to play this for me. Clip number five. Cory Booker, who just put you thought his Spartacus moment during the Kavanaugh hearings was ridiculous. Cory Booker stood tall among jackasses yesterday. Uh, You've already spoken towards issues of racism and how you deplore it. But I want to just ask you very simply, and I I imagine you'll give me a very short, resolute answer. Um, But you condemn white supremacy, correct? Yes. Thank you. I'm glad to see that you said that. I wish our president uh, would say that so resolutely and unequivocally as well. All right. Okay, he has like 20 times. And And then so he got into with with her. uh, So his questioning was, do you believe in the peaceful transfer of power? And his questioning was, is uh, systemic racism a problem in this country? Just all that sort of crap out of Cory Booker. He is the all-time grandstander at these hearings. Yeah, yeah, just to the point of absurdity. All right, I get what you're trying to do here. You want me to, like, say things that'll be controversial, Trump, blah, blah, blah. I understand. All right, fantastic. Good for you. Talk about an objectionable human. Oh, God. You know, there were were a couple of senators who stood tall in terms of being just utter bad people. I'm trying to clean up my language. It's my mid-October resolution. Really? Uh, during the Kavanaugh uh, hearings last year, there were a couple of just utter jerk faces. Jerk faces. Bumps well, if you're going to clean up your language, you got to come up with some better terms than that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a couple of real anuses. Yeah. The trouble with both not- of them, both of them ran for the presidency of their party, and both of them were summarily. Kicked to the side by the American voters who said, we have no interest in your candidacy. Those two anises were Cory Booker and Kamala Harris. Well, they weren't just kicked to the curb by American voters. They were kicked to the curb by liberal Democrats who vote in primaries. Right. They were humiliated (laughs) and sent packing prior to Iowa. By their own party. One of them is likely to be the president in the next four years Absolutely, when her ancient uh, mentor, Joe Biden, says, I can't even remember where the Oval Office is. And he's, he's sent packing via the 25th Amendment. The problem with cleaning up your language, I've found, yes? is that the substitute, because I think that regularly, I think, you know, you're thinking in, in one millionth of a second as you're going, as you're speaking. I think, 
I don't want to use uh, F word here, GD or whatever. But then the substitute, I think of it, makes you sound like a dork. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And and often and th- and it loses all its you know oomph again. And we have new listeners all the time. And we don't want to shock them or make them think they're listening to some sort of a nasty morning zoo. But we tend to use fairly frank modern language around here. There is no better word for bull spit than bull spit. The word that rhymes with it. Right. It is the perfect word for that. Calling Cory Booker a certain body part, everybody knows exactly what I'm trying to say. If I call him a jerk face, I think it loses some of its oomph. <laughs> jack wagon. <laughs> Cory Booker is an enormous jack wagon. Uh, anywho. Moving along. Hmm? Gallup is out with a poll on the responses to the COVID situation and responses to the COVID response. And this comes through the lens of an article in the science journal, the political science journal, Politics and Gender, which was looking into the Gallup poll and found all sorts of really interesting things about the way men and women uh, react to um to politics and specifically the COVID thing. Now, if you're one of the 57 genders of Facebook, uh, I don't know what to tell you. This is about fellas and gals. But I find it very interesting. Keeping in mind, will you folks, that the COVID is much more dangerous for men than women. Significantly so. I don't have the number in front of me, but there's a highly disproportionate number of men who die of it compared to women. Have they nailed down if that's a genetic thing or if it's a lifestyle thing? Uh, I think it's. I think it is uh, physiological okay. inborn. But uh, if I if I should be corrected, feel free to correct me. Um, and and this moves across time, but is remarkably consistent as fears have uh, fallen, then risen, then fallen again. The spread between men and women is between uh, eleven and thirteen percent. Women are thirteen percent more worried about the COVID than men. Hmm. But there are no differences between men and women. No, just what's been social. In fact, there is no such thing as a woman, uh, a man who menstruates is a man, or whatever. Uh, a man who gives birth, a woman who wears a beard is a something. Uh, you know the foolishness I'm talking about. <clears throat> the percentage of Americans uh, wearing masks when outside the home. Initially, it was a ten point spread. Now it's narrowed a great deal. It's only four points. So more more dudes are uh, are wearing masks. Um, and and they get into that social distancing uh, over the past 24 hours. How often have you been practicing social distancing? Men, always 35%. Women, 47%. It's a 12-point gap. Interestingly, when it comes to very often, men actually have a two-point edge. It's, it's a tie, essentially. Um, but women, again, with a, a significant uh, edge, generally speaking. And never is uh, 4% women, 7% men. Gender partisanship in the pandemic. Worried about getting the coronavirus? Among Democratic men, 77%. Republican men, 20%. A 57-point gap between Uh, Democratic men and Republican men. I don't want to be a quibbler like you always do. I'm not exactly sure what people mean by worried they mean concerned, Jack. Oh, thank Uneasy. you. Thank you for that. <laughs> Less than relaxed. <laughs> Worried. 57-point gap. Part of that is the sort of person 
who likes Republican policies versus Democratic policies, part of that, you believe, is media bubbles. Yeah, well, there was a poll that came out over the weekend. Uh, Has the government handled coronavirus well? Among people who watch MSNBC and CNN, it's 3%. Among people who primarily watch Fox, it was very high. I don't remember what the number was, but it was just completely the other end. I feel like people have become too savvy, and they understand how polls are going to be used. So they invent what the question is actually about. When asked, do you think the government did enough about this? They think, they're asking me if Trump did a good job. No, yep. I don't like Trump. He didn't do it. I'm saying no. Sean and I were discussing this yesterday, and I think that might be the case. There's just, certainly an element of that, just, 100%. Just like with, uh, why are your schools closed? Because Trump wants them to open. Well, what kind of an argument is that? But that's, well, I don't like him, you see. But that, is, <laughs> but, that is, but that is what is happening, and I think it's the same with polls. People hear a poll, and they think, okay, what would be... what? I like Trump, so this should be my answer. I don't like Trump, so this should be my answer. Which makes it very hard to get anything done. Among the women's, the spread is almost the same. It's 51% between uh, Democratic women, 80% are worried, 29% are Republican women. Uh, Concerned about uh, exposure at work, social distancing. Actually, when it comes to the methods of avoiding it, the numbers become closer. Although, avoiding going to public places, 70% of Democratic men... 31% 31% of Republican men. I know, I've mentioned this before, one of my favorite musicians, wonderful creative guy, I, he's one of my musical heroes. He is terrified. He has denied his children love and experiences and education. He hasn't hugged anyone. He hasn't it's just, in, in, a, in a, a man in an iron mask at the bottom of a pit style isolation. The guy's a healthy dude. That's not an issue at all. It is being, and, and he lives in one of the most liberal of liberal places where the bubble is so bubbly you can't escape it, but it is really quite amazing. Avoiding small gatherings of friends and family. See, I haven't done that at all. Not a freaking chance. 63% of Democratic men, 64% of women. It is down almost 40% uh, to Republicans. 40% more Republicans are saying, oh, no, no, I get together with my close friends. And I get that my close friends might get it, but I'm not going to deny myself the the very nourishment a human soul craves because of an iffy chance of getting a disease I will almost certainly recover from quickly. What kind of calculation is that from my point of view? Mm -hmm. If you see the world differently, if you're made differently than me, that's fine. It doesn't threaten me. I think you're crazy and you're hurting yourself unnecessarily. But um, And then finally, the key number, which we shared with you last hour, I'm ready to return to normal activities right now with with reasonable precautions. 5% of Democratic men, 3% of Democratic women say that. 5%, 3%. Among Republicans, it's 64% of men say, absolutely, let's get wow. back to work. And it's just over half, 54% of Republican women. Hmm. 11 times as many men and about 15 or about 12 times as many women. No, that's not right. No, it's like 18 times as many. But that's interesting. It's exactly 18 times yeah. as many. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. Um, Stunning. You brought up the whole man, are you a man or a woman? And uh, so we got to get into that. I did. Did you follow that from the uh, hearings yesterday? Amy Coney Barrett getting in trouble for using the term sexual preference a couple of times and getting lectured by the senator from Hawaii about that, <sighs> which brings up a danged interesting question. 
How did someone that dumb get elected to the Senate? Brings up a really interesting question. Oh, different one. On the Sorry. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So even though you didn't give a direct answer, I think your response did uh, speak volumes. Not once, but twice. You used the term sexual preference to describe those in the LGBTQ community. And let me make clear, sexual preference is an offensive and outdated term. Okay, there you go. It is used by anti-LGBTQ. So then um, it's used by anti-LGBTQ people. So, uh, Amy Coney Barrett, in a couple of answers, mentioned sexual preference. I will not discriminate based on somebody's sexual preference or this or that. And uh, you just heard the senator from Hawaii said that's an offensive term. Now, somebody did the digging up and found that Joe Biden has used that term, and nobody's ever asked him to apologize, but that's par for the course, as they say. Tiring my hiney out. But one question that is pretty interesting on this, and I believe... That uh, you're the gay, you're not gay, you're born that way, and you got, you know, no saying it whatsoever. And I do believe there is something called, what's the actual term for uh, the, your, 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 gender you got a guy's, dysphoria? Yeah, you got a guy's body, but your brain tells you you're a woman. I believe that is, it, there seems to be science that says that that's true. It's mm-hmm. exceedingly rare. It's a very small percentage of people that have right. it. But how can you have, uh, how can you be so upset about the term sexual preference? While at the same time, your crowd is saying you are gen, gender is fluid and, and can actually depend on, you know, like your mood she can change over time. How can you be offended? She's not. But how can she's you, pretending well, to be? I know that. Yeah. But okay. how can you square those two things? That's a common. You can't. That's a common thing. That's right. that not just something that crazy senator came up with yesterday. That's a common thing that. Whether you're attracted to male or female is locked in stone genetic, but the whether or not I'm a woman or a man varies from situation to situation, day to day. And you might be both or neither or whatever. Yeah, I know. Well, it's it's hypocrisy. It's you can't square them. It's not about the truth. It's about a weapon to wield against you to get you on your heels to call you a bigot, so then you could be controlled. It's just like the uh, the critical race theory thing. It has nothing to do with making you not a racist. Has to do with power. Orientation is also used frequently in in scenarios, right? People talk about their political orientation, not their preference, right? Like it's that the words are too interchangeable for me to mm. actually believe one's more problematic than the other. No, and it's not. It's not. And some Catholic uh, judge who uh, spends all day in the courtroom then rushes home to her kids is not quite hip to hit her, uh, to Twitter's current uh, preferred nomenclature. Oh, there's a shock. Well, she did apologize later for using the term sexual preference and said she would use sexual orientation from that point on. Well, finally, the union is saved. I don't know if they've asked Joe Biden to do the same. The union is saved. By the way, have you watched more episodes of the John Brown thing, speaking of the union? Uh, There's only two out. I've watched watched both episodes, and it's my favorite show going right now. It's so good. I can't wait to watch more. Yeah, I'm fascinated by this story. I got into this podcast. I need to link that at our website. Some guy who... uh, a lot of good podcasts are just put together by random people. Don't I, I listen that. to them ever. Listen to this show. This guy got into a whole bunch of different books about John Brown and put together some podcasts on it, and uh, really good history on that. John Brown's Raid, The Abolitionist Nut Job. 
Uh, nut job? Zealot? Oh, he was complete nut job. Okay. Complete okay. nut job. I don't want to be unfair and have Maisie Hirono angry at me. But in the in, but but weird in the same way that you got the same thing with Antifa a little bit and Black Lives Matter that you know you might completely agree not with Antifa but certainly with Black Lives Matter completely agree with their premise, but the way you're going about it is insane. It's, right. it's a really an examination of the dangerous ally. Yeah, the dangerous the ally. Dangerous ally. That is a good phrase. Yeah. And how you handle it as a politician, whether you're Abraham Lincoln or anybody else. You know, you, you agreed John Brown in the statements he was making about slavery. Ah, but you don't get to go hack people to death out on the prairie. Yeah. Um, is the thing. John, listen, I hate to quibble because you seem like a good guy. But the hacking people, is that necessary? Do you have to hack people? Can we maybe get them, uh, sit them down and talk to them a little bit? Of course, the pro-slavery people were doing stuff just as gruesome. Oh. oh Rolling horrific. cannons into Lawrence, Kansas and blowing up the Free State Hotel. Oof. Years before the Civil War. What, yeah. what made Kansas kind of like the kindling box of all this? Was well, it the Kansas-Nebraska Act. Uh, Sean, if it were sixth grade, we'd really get deep into it. But uh, Long and short, okay, you can have one free state, we'll take one slave state, but on the border, people were uh, in conflict and gotcha. really hated each other's you know, situation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This is what we're going to do here. We're going to bounce from topic to topic. Buckle up. Hang on tight. We're going to go fast. All right? Not going to dumb it down. We're going to move from story to story. You're scaring me. Why I'd stop you? talking like this. We'd have time for more stories. That's a good point. Um, this is the only thing you need to know about the United Nations. This is the only thing you need to know. This is how I would oh. introduce a child to the United United Nations, say they did, so they would know it was a load of crap. <laughs> Russia, China, and Cuba won spots on the UN Human Rights Council yesterday. Russia, China, and Cuba are now on the Human Rights Council. Saudi Arabia failed to cross the needed vote threshold. Apparently, they had Probably too many because of the uh, yeah. too many chainsaws last year. Too many bonesaws. <laughs> Probably because of all the torture dissidents in the beginning. But, but actually, in reality, Saudi Arabia pales in comparison to Russia and China um, and in terms Cuba? of numbers. But oh. that's all you need to know about the UN. All countries are the same. So everybody gets a chance to be on the Human Rights Council and and uh, judge other countries. That's insane. Only, Russia. Only an idiot would think that that is a doable situation. Russia, where if you dare run against Putin, you're either going to end up with a belly full of polonium or you're going to be shoved out a window. Yeah, if you're a doctor and you say, I'm not sure our coronavirus treatments are going that well, you, you fall out of ah, windows. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> In China, they have a million slaves and they're on the Human Rights Commission for the UN. That is hilarious. I was going to do this now. I think I'm going to do it a little bit later on. Um, the guy who used to run the EPA, I believe. Yeah, Steve M- Malloy. He has a Twitter feed that initially I thought, what now? Um, it's entitled, If You Need More Evidence That Climate Is About Communism. And it details all the times all of the big climate activists you know and love have said we need to end capitalism. They appear to be arm in arm. 
communists and so-called climate activists, which makes sense. It reminds me of the Black Lives Matter thing. They are trained Marxists by their own bragging. That's really interesting. Yeah. I'll have to look into that. Yeah. Well, I have a bunch of examples in front of me. Like I said, I was a little skeptical, but the more I read it, I think, the more I think, wow, you're right. Now, quick note here for those of us who have been following closely the Theranos slash Elizabeth Holmes uh, legal situation. This was the uh, blonde haired uh, Silicon Valley hottie who built a multi-billion-dollar company that never actually produced anything in Silicon Valley because she had some vague description of what she could do, technically speaking, with blood testing. I don't don't recall exactly what how that... With a single drop of oh, blood. ladies and gentlemen, it's Elizabeth Holmes herself. I can do all sorts of blood. Here, give me... Let me stick your finger. Ow! No! Ow! Jeez! Don't ask in... for permission before you do that! <laughs> no, I just need to put this drop of blood into this cardboard box. I'm sorry, my machine. And we will go out to lunch. And when we come back, you will be amazed. This Having results... run to the Walgreens. <laughs> this shoebox, I mean my machine... Has anybody seen my wolf? <laughs> well, it's, it's a regular dog. It's just a husky or something. Oh, where I, are you, boy? I admire, <laughs> I admire Elizabeth Holmes in that she ran one of the greatest scams in the history of the world. Yes. In terms of money. In a terms scam, of scam, you say? I don't believe you are Silicon Valley material. Yeah, Which that's was? A, that's a term she actually used when people in the company would start to doubt her. Hey, I'm uh, trying to track down the... The, the verification on some of these tests. I'm not sure you're Silicon Valley material. Oh. You don't think positively and forward. You're looking back and thinking negatively, so you're fired. Well, sweetheart, you better get Balto a wolf sitter because uh, <laughs> the headline is Theranos founder Elizabeth Holmes loses bid to dismiss criminal charges. The case plunges on and they expect she will be in the docket March the 9th. Oh, that'll be a fun trial to follow. Charges that she and her former lover, Ramesh Sunny Balawani, defrauded investors out of hundreds of millions of dollars and deceived patients by lying about the reliability of their, their I'm blood test. Only guilty of being Silicon Valley material. <laughs> they raised a billion dollars from the likes of Colin Powell. And I mean, some of, some of the greatest world leaders that got involved in George, George, Give me your finger. George Schultz, right. the former Secretary of State, was on the board. That's part of how it worked. If you can get one of those big names to donate money, then other people say, oh, this is the hot thing. I want to be involved in that. And you go to the cocktail party. Parties with the other philanthropists and you hang out and she's got her black turtleneck on because she's the female Steve Jobs. Right. Of course. Listen, Elizabeth, I don't mean to be disrespectful. You're an attractive woman and frankly, you're kind of my type, uh, but your voice is lower than my brother's. What's going on there? I'm not sure what you mean. (laughs) And there are some people believe that's fake. Her low voice. Yeah. Friends from high school say she never talked like that before. Yeah. Yeah. Take your dog wolf and go. We'll see you. Come on, Balto. <laughs> we'll see you. We'll see you. There that, she goes in that, the courtroom. That trial could be really fun to follow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. I might even attend. I won't, but I'll say I might. Um, There are some Hunter Biden emails that came out today that some people call a smoking gun. It is. I'm just not sure anybody... I'm not sure anybody needed convinced, and that will make any difference, but it seems pretty clear that uh, his dad, Joe Biden, maybe you've heard of him, um, was aware of his son's dealings and sure. that and that Hunter Biden got put on the board absolutely because it was access to Joe Biden. What's interesting to me is that uh, the Theranos, I'm sorry, not Theranos, the uh, Burisma thing has gotten so much attention because of the perfect phone call that Donald Trump had, the Ukraine thing. 
It was a perfect call. To me, the hundreds of millions of dollars the Chinese communist government pumped into his phony hedge fund on the day that he and Joe Biden left China together, that to me is a monster story. But because it wasn't at the basis of the now hilarious impeachment effort, nobody wants to talk about it. But yes, the fact that Hunter Biden enriched himself, as did other Biden family members, because daddy was the the veep, I think that's kind of baked in at this point. I've assumed it's true. So uh, probably should throw in that the Atlanta Braves are still undefeated in postseason as they are now up 2 nothing on the L.A. Dodgers. And uh, anybody who was hoping for a Lakers-Dodgers celebration in one year, actually within weeks of each mm. other, uh, looks like that's uh, getting less and less likely. Of course, anybody who's an old enough Cubs or Padres fan remembers 1989, where the Cubs were up 2-0 and lost. Uh, of course, you can come back. Um, sure. And the Rays are about to sweep the Astros. So if it's a Tampa, is it the Tampa Bay Rays? It is, Jack. If the Tampa Bay Rays are taking on the Atlanta Braves, I'm not sure how much interest that's going to drum up nationally, but we'll see. Well, people in the sweatier regions of the country will be fascinated. <laughs> you're, uh, Sweaty humid. and humid. Your humid regions. <laughs> also, I'm more interested in the methodology of these things than the result. Maybe you're different from me. But this was sent along by one of our um, uh, beloved listeners, uh, Lucas. Lucas, who's actually a Marine Corvette, and we appreciate his uh, contribution very much. It's Professor Alan Lichtman, who has accurately predicted every presidential election since 1984 based on what he calls the 13 keys. Um, And uh, he asks 13 questions, and which candidate has the edge? Interestingly, and I agree completely with uh, Lucas, the Marine, on his analysis that Lichtman says narrowly it's Biden. But Lichtman is wrong on one of the points. I'm going to go through these very quickly, just because it's about the methodology. But um, who has the party mandate? After the midterms, the incumbent party holds more reps, House of Representatives, uh, than after the previous midterm election. If you win that one, that's a good sign. And Democrats have that. Um, Was there a contest? Is Is there no serious contest for the incumbent's nomination? No, not at all. Goes to Trump. Incumbency. The incumbent has an advantage. Trump. Third party, is there no significant third party or independent campaign? Benefits the incumbent, Hmm. Trump. Short-term economy, benefits Biden. The economy is not in recession. Long-term economy, real per capita economic growth during the term equals uh, blah, 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 two terms. He gives the edge to Biden. I don't think that's right, but we'll move on. Policy change. Incumbent administration affects major changes in national uh, policy. They, they've been an activist administration. Edge to Trump. Social unrest. If there's no sustained social unrest, that helps the incumbent, so he gives the edge to Biden. A scandal. Um, uh, he gives the edge to Biden because there have been scandals, many of them phony. Then uh, foreign military failure. Which way is that gone? He gives the edge to Trump because there hasn't been one. Foreign military success. Uh, the incumbent administration achieves a major success in foreign or military. He gives the edge to Biden. Hmm. Ending endless wars, bringing our fellows home bit by bit. I admit it's been slow, but he's trying. Peace in the Middle East? That's the one where Lucas and I disagree with the uh, the professor. We would give the edge to Trump. Um, And then the last couple, he gives the edge to Trump, incumbent charisma, challenger charisma. <clears throat> um, charismatic uh, enthusiasm, that sort of thing. 
So by Lichtman's never failed standards, he says narrowly Biden, but I think he's wrong on a couple of points, which would give it narrowly to Trump. I wish any of those issues mattered. I just think it's either you stomach Trump or you don't. I'm not sure. You're arguing with Dr. Lichtman. I am. How dare you? Um, Nancy Pelosi and Wolf Blitzer got into it on CNN yesterday. It's pretty darned entertaining. Perhaps the most entertaining thing I've ever heard. <laughs> well, it's it's pretty good. Uh, she seemed to think she was going to get a uh, chance to say whatever she wanted, and he would uh, just let her talk. But well, she did, was looking for softball batting practice, and instead he brushed her back. I was astounded. Mm-hmm. He's oh. he's the Braves. She's the Dodgers in this scenario. Uh, you'll like these clips coming up. The Armstrong and Getty Show. If you get next hour, I got a good thing. Uh, there's a, a movie coming out about Michael Brown, who was really uh, the first um, black man shot by police, hands up, don't shoot, that really started the riots in the streets and stuff like right. that. Good documentary coming out about that. Oh, really? I have to tell you about. Uh, accurate, I hope. Well, it is accurate. Since there have been so many lies people told are and be, repeated uh, by well, Kamala Harris, among others. People might be shocked by what's in it. Yeah. Um, there have been a number of examples today that we've touched on of surprising people coming around to a common sense position. Uh, David Gregory, we can play this again later, uh, talking about how, let's face it, a lot of the response to COVID is based on if Trump advocates this, we go to the opposite, including schools. And he said, we got to take a look at that. Uh, Governor Cuomo, of all people, saying, yeah, our response has kind of been more hatchet than scalpel, and we probably ought to you know, figure out what we're doing. And uh, uh, Jake Tapper, um, absolutely getting in the face of Joe Biden's campaign manager, saying, it's not unconstitutional to, to nominate a Supreme Court justice. What are you talking about? And of all people, Wolf Blitzer on CNN yesterday was discussing with Nancy Pelosi the fact that Americans are desperate for a little COVID relief, and they the Democrats have not reached an agreement with the Republicans. In fact, the Democrats so, show no sign of wanting to negotiate, preferring to have the issue for the election, have people desperate and hungry and scared, because that way maybe they'll vote for them. And and Wolf, uh, Wolf got in Nancy Pelosi's face to my utter delight and surprise. It went a little like this. Excuse me for Let interrupting, go back. Ma- Madam Speaker, mm-hmm. but they really need the money right now. Uh, and even members of, I of your own, that, but, your, if, but even members you of your own caucus, uh, even members of your own caucus, Madam Speaker, uh, want to accept this deal. One point eight trillion dollars. Congressman Ro Khanna, for example. Let me just quote Ro Khanna, a man you know well. I assume you admire him. He's a Democrat. And he just said this. He said people in need can't wait until February. $1.8 trillion is significant and more than twice the Obama stimulus. Make a deal. Put the ball in McConnell court. So what do you say to Ro Khanna? What I say to you is, I don't know why you're always an apologist. And many of your colleagues, apologists for the Republican position. <laughs> that's just hilarious. Oh, that's the trouble with CNN. That's, well, that's really, they're, that, that they're well known for being an apologist for the Republican Party. You and your colleagues are always an apologist for the, oh my. I didn't think my <laughs> jaw could drop this low. I mean, that's pretty hilarious. That's one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard, and I've done this for quite some time. That's astonishing. There's more. 
Mr. Speaker, these are, these are incredibly difficult times right now, uh, and we'll leave it on that note. Thank you so much yeah. for joining us. No, we'll leave us. it on the vote that you are not right on this, Wolf, and I hate to say that to <laughs> you. Right. But I feel confident about it, and I feel confident about my colleagues, and I feel confident in my chairs. And it's not about me. It's about millions of Americans who can't put food on the table, who can't pay the rent, and we represent them. And we represent them. Getting by these long food lines that we're seeing. I know you are. I'm just saying. We represent them, and we know them. As we say, we know them. We represent them. Don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good, as they say. It is nowhere near perfect. Madam Speaker. Always the case, but we're not even close to the good. All right, let's see what happens because every day is critically, critically important. Thanks so much Thank for joining us. Thank you for your us. sensitivity to our constituents' needs. I am sensitive to them because I see them on the street begging for food begging for money. Madam Speaker, thank you Have so you much. Have you fed them? We feed them. We we'll, feed them. We'll continue this conversation down <laughs> the know, road for sure. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. It, it just occurred to me what she just said. She just said, if you don't know who you're voting for, you ain't black. If you're a working class American and you need some help right now, you're voting for us. We represent you. We were. It doesn't matter if we've slapped food out of your mouth. We're not even trying to come to an agreement because we'd rather scare you into voting for us. It doesn't matter what we do. We represent you. She said it over and over again. You know, that was the end, and that was great. I wish we'd done in order. Give me 22, because Wolf, uh, Wolf, who I've insulted in the most grievous of terms. You have. Through the years. I think you've been wanting to fight him for quite some time. I I have actually said that. Um, He was practically standing in for me in clip 22. I'm asking you serious questions because so many people are in desperate need right now. Let me ask you this. When was the last time? Let me respond to you. Let me ask you, when was the last time, Madam Speaker, when was the last time you spoke with the president about this? I don't speak to the president. Speak to his his representative. Why not call him and say, Mr. President, let's work out a deal. It's not going to be everything you want. Not going to be everything I want. But there are so many Americans right now who are in desperate need. Let's make a deal. What makes me amused, if it weren't so sad, is how you all think that you know more about the suffering of the American people than those of us who are elected by them to represent them at that table. Uh, It is unfortunate that we do not have shared values with this White House. I'd be amused if I weren't so sad. That is one of the wealthiest women from the wealthiest families in California, one of the most powerful human beings on earth, as insulated from you commoners as any human is, except perhaps the president, expressing how she is absolutely representing. She knows you in your souls, my working friends. She gets her hair cut when you can't. Oh, my God. No wonder that guy took a crap at her driveway. <laughs> I'd forgotten that story. Uh, uh, Maybe it was Wolf Blitzer. <laughs> I hereby... Hereby grant uh, uh, Wolf Blitzer a period of grace in which I will not say anything mean about him of what do you think would be appropriate? Positive, Sean, I'll let you rule. At least for the rest of the week, I think is fair. Well, but oh, geez, yeah. Yeah, I'd say. I'm going to give him 30 days. That's good stuff right there. 30 days. Well done, Wolf Blitzer of CNN. Well done, sir. How much time I got here, uh, Hanson? A minute. Okay. Because this, this might turn into something. So I'm, I'm following more. The breaking news from the New York Post. The email that shows there was a meeting. Previously undisclosed, they've got some emails. There was a meeting with Hunter 
and the Ukrainian business Burisma, and his dad knew about it long before Joe Biden claims he did. If the media does their job at all, they're going to say, you said you didn't know anything about your son's business. This email shows that you did. You actually held meetings. They got it when a laptop was dropped off at a repair shop in Biden's home state, and somebody took this stuff off the laptop in uh, last year. Tons of emails. Also, a raunchy 12-minute video that shows Hunter uh, smoking crack while having sex with an unidentified woman. Oh, boy. There's a 12-minute sex video of Hunter smoking crack and having sex with some chick Do we know on the, this video uh, also. The, uh, the uh, rough date? Of said uh, erotic misbehaviors? Don't. Um, it's funny. That's that's not getting much attention, and it probably shouldn't. Well, that's what it's not, none of my business. No, but it is. A, it could be a big deal that Joe Biden either doesn't remember, which is a possibility with his current brain, yeah. uh, or is lying about how much he knew about his son's dealings in Ukraine. I call him, where's Hunter? I've changed his first name to where. Where's Hunter? If I'm smoking the rock with a skank, uh, I'll videotape the sexy stuff. But why? Are you, who's videotaping me smoking crack? Cut it out. Turn off the camera. Armstrong and Getty. <laughs>